Blog Talk Radio. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit redbarninc.com slash coupon to save a dollar off your first can. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit redbarninc.com slash coupon to save a dollar off your first can. Good evening to those of you listening to our live broadcast tonight, August 5, 2009, and hello to those of you listening to an Internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. This is our new time, obviously, Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. here on Achieve Radio, and there is a link on my website. Uh, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard at Achieve Radio on the Internet. To call into the program, call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374. Or you can send an instant message, what they call an in-quick message, during the show through the link on the Achieve Radio homepage. Any problems with the Internet links and things of that nature, give me a call at 866-472-6094. Of course, not now, but at a later time, and um, we'll take care of it. That's 866-472-6094. Now, on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapy shared here after consulting with your physician. Now, last Friday, my guest was Larry Dossey, author of The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Shapes Lives. If you missed that show, you can go to my website at www.amtherapies.com and click on the radio link to hear the show. For appointments with me and for general information, call 866 472-6094. That's 866-472-6094. Now, intuitive Monique Chapman, who also has a radio program on this station uh, on Tuesday evenings, she visits every second Wednesday now of the month. Uh, She will join us again August 12, 2009 with Monique's Moments. Call in. She will share her intuition about you, the economy, and other concerns. Now, remember, you can purchase the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my site. Visit www.amtherapies.com to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself or a friend. 
And you can also follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Today I'm speaking with uh, Beverly Potter, Ph.D., author of The Worry Warts Companion, 21 Ways to Soothe Yourself and Worry Smart. At the end of tonight's program, if we have time, we will discuss the herb plantain and the asana triang mukai kapada pasimo tanasana. Now it's time for our wellness news. Science Daily, August 5, 2009. Uh, friendship influences eating behavior, particularly when friends are overweight. A new study of childhood obesity in the United States has found that some social factors, such as the presence of friends, may put overweight youths at greater risk for overeating. The research published in the August issue of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition demonstrates that friends may act as, quote, permission givers, end quote, on children's food intake. Quote, these results are important considering the role of friends as agents of change in childhood and adolescence, end quote, said Sarah Salvi, Ph.D., assistant professor in the Division of Behavioral Medicine, Department of Pediatrics, University at Buffalo School of Medicine in Biomedical Sciences. Quote, overweight children are more likely to find food more reinforcing than non-overweight youth, end quote. She continued, quote, being in the company of overweight peers may give them the permission to eat more or may decrease their inhibitions, increasing what are seen as the norms of appropriate eating or how much one should eat. End quote. The study involved 23 overweight and 42 normal weight children between the ages of 9 and 15 who were randomized to participate with either a friend or an unfamiliar person of a similar age. After randomization, there were 33 friend pairs and 39 unfamiliar pairs. Before taking part in the study experiment, participants listed what they had eaten in the past 24 hours to make sure they hadn't eaten anything during the previous two hours and rated their hunger level. Each participant pair spent 45 minutes in a room equipped with games, puzzles, and individual bowls of low-calorie, uh, nutrient-dense baby carrots and grapes, and high-calorie, energy-dense potato chips and cookies. The children were told they could eat as much or as little as they wanted, but were asked to eat from their own bowls only. Researchers observed the children via closed-circuit television and recorded their activities. At the end of the session, they weighed the snacks that weren't eaten to determine how much each participant had consumed and to calculate calories. Results showed that friends who ate together consumed more food than participants who were paired with someone they didn't know, and that friends were more likely to eat similar amounts than participants paired with a stranger. However, overweight children who were paired with an overweight peer, whether friend or stranger, ate more than the overweight participants who were paired with a normal weight youth. Quote, these findings indicate that both overweight and normal weight participants eating with a friend ate significantly more than did participants eating in the presence of an unfamiliar peer. These results are consistent with research in adults which showed that eating among friends and family is distinctly different than eating among strangers. Given the impact of friends on eating behavior, it appears that if we hope to change the growing obesity epidemic among children, friends, and family need to be involved. 
If the environment in which children live doesn't change, if family meals remain high calorie and overeating is the norm, any progress children may make in their eating behavior won't last, end quote. Salvi currently is investigating the influence of a parent versus a friend on children's and adolescents' eating behavior. Okay, very good. Um, that seems to ring true for a lot of kinds of behavior. Okay, when we uh, come back from break, we will start our interview and our chat with Dr. Beverly Potter. Uh, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. This portion of the program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Pennsylvania. Visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, and call our number for remote appointments or face-to-face -face appointments. That's 866-472-6094. That is 866-472-6094. You are hearing us live from the Internet, and we'll be back with Beverly Potter, Ph.D., author of the Worry Warts Companion, 21 Ways to Soothe Yourself and Worry Smart. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Marcinia Izard. Remember on my site, www.amtherapies.com, you can preview and purchase the book I co-authored called 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. My chapter is naturopathy. We are talking with uh, Beverly Potter this evening, Ph.D., author of The Worry Warts Companion, uh, 21 Ways to Soothe Yourself and Worry Smart. Now, Dr. Beverly Potter, Potter forgive me, earned her doctorate in counseling psychology from Stanford University and her master's of science in vocational rehabilitation counseling from San Francisco State. She is a psychologist specializing in career and workplace issues, including overcoming job burnout. I know many of you can identify with that. Managing and leading yourself. Maverick career strategies. Uh, mediating disputes. Setting high performance goals. Managing like a coach. Managing stress and training development. She has been an international authority on overcoming job burnout since her groundbreaking work, Overcoming Job Burnout, which was published in 1980. Doc Potter, 
um, lends humanistic psychology and Eastern mysticism with principles of behavior mod psychology to create strategies for handling the many challenges we're encountering in today's workplace. As a management educator and training specialist, Dr. Potter, Doc Potter, forgive me, is a dynamic workshop leader known for her information-packed sessions. Good evening, Dr. Potter. I'm sorry, Doc Potter. I think that's so cute. Yeah, that's my avatar, I call it. <laughs> Very nice. I'm glad you were able to be with us this evening. Um, yes, I'm I'd delighted like to, to be here. I'd like to, um, well, first, let's get a little information about what it was like growing up for you. And where did you grow up, as a matter of fact? Well, I had an unusual childhood. I was uh, a um, military brat, and my father was a wild man. And so we moved around all the time, but he never wanted to live on the base. So we lived in funny places, like I lived in on a house and skis in Nome, Alaska. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I told you it was. Uh, yeah, we just went, uh, they always had military bases in oddball places, and we'd live in town. And so, uh, you know, but I, when I was in Nome, they decked me out with uh, full Eskimo regalia. So there I was, little Eskimo girl, with my little Eskimo girlfriend, who was a genuine Eskimo. Wow. So that kind of thing led to somewhat of an unusual upbringing. Well, now that wasn't what precipitated your interest in worrying, was it? No, no. Um, <laughs> I, actually, I got interested in worrying because somebody who was a worry ward started twisting my arm, a publisher pressing me to create the work. And at first I thought, this just sounds so boring, uh, until I came up with the concept of smart worry. Oh, okay. Well, now we're going to get to that very shortly. But before we get there, I want to get an idea of how you got interested in psychology and then later on, you know, workplace dynamics and all all of that kind of thing. Well, I, uh, of course, everybody's interested in psychology to some degree because we're always psyching other people out trying to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, So I had that basis and and if you want to know the truth, this is sort of terrible to say, but uh, I followed the money. And when I, uh, <laughs> that's what yeah. brought me to California in the old days. The school, the colleges were very inexpensive out here, and I got out here. And then I heard about this particular program that uh, um, where there was money <laughs> called rehab because we had the Vietnam War, and all these veterans were coming back injured and you know, from the war, so uh, that meant if I got in that program, I could get paid every month. But, so that's what I did. I followed the money. Well, I'm I'm glad you did because and, it led you here. It led you to right. where you're I mean, doing what you're doing now. Yeah, so that's how I got to this place, and I was fortunate because I managed to get all through all those years of school, the Ph.D. too, without ever incurring a penny of student debt. Oh, wonderful. You have to write a book about that. I don't know how easy that is to do anymore, but that's what I did then. Fabulous. Well, now, uh, the 21, I'm I'm so much interested in always sharing with my listeners 
any research information that I can. How did you come up with your 21 ways uh, before we get into them in depth? But what was the process? Well, first of all, there's worry warning, which is the prob problematic kind of worry, and then what I came up with, what I call smart worry. So the concept is we want to learn to smart worry, but then any worry gets us riled up. We become anxious thinking about potential problems. And so now that we've uh, hopefully come up with some kind of a plan, we've worried smart rather than being stuck in a loop where we go around and around and just get ourselves riled up, but we're still worrying away. Now we have to realize, wait a minute, I'm riled up. I need to soothe myself. And, and back to balance, so that's where the 21 ways come in because, well, there's probably many more than 21, but everybody's different. Some people find one way of soothing themselves to work and another way uh, works for another person, so there's 21 to try to see what works for, for you. So these all came out of your ruminations about the situation, about the problem? Well, uh, of how to, when you say the problem, you mean uh, being worried about being worry, worry, yeah. worrying, you're, you're naturally anxious, and so the 21 ways are ways to basically get rid of anxiety. With, okay. uh, you know, many of them are taking deep breaths and relaxing your muscles, and that's good for some people, but a lot of people, like myself, I'm kind of a high-energy person zooming around, so... Um, I like other techniques besides those. Okay, now, okay, your book is um, divided into three parts. Part one, what is worry warding? I love the, the new word. Uh, part two, how to worry smarter. And then part three, the 21 ways to worry smart. So uh, people get yourself. quickly. 21 ways to soothe yourself. What did I say? Oh, yes, uh, okay. 21 ways to worry smart. <laughs> Worrying smart is still thinking about the worry, which gets us riled up. And then when we're done, hopefully, thinking about the worry, because we have a plan, then we need to soothe ourselves. Okay, now in part one, why don't we, for the benefit of our listeners, why don't you share in the beginning in your prologue, I think it is, you share a short story about a shaman and a seeker. I think that's a good good story to sort of start and then put the foundation. You mean what is heaven and what is hell? Yes. Yeah. yeah the, uh, well, I made up the shaman woman because I got tired of the wise man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my husband, he was the seeker, so we used to uh. act these things out, but unfortunately he died. But uh, oh. anyway, yeah, that happens. That's too bad. But <clears throat> actually I was writing the book when he was very sick, so I, I became a, I could test myself for the techniques. Anyway, the, the, the seeker walks through, you know, trudges and walks uh, mile after mile and finally gets to this shaman woman's uh, hut where she's sitting on, on a three-legged stool and he says, shaman woman, shaman woman, what's the difference between heaven and hell? And she looks at him and she goes, you know, you're just a foolish boy. You're just so ridiculous. And why are you asking me this dumb question? And he gets very upset, and he starts pacing back and forth and going, oh, my God, I upset the shaman woman. What am I going to do? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, she's never going to speak to me again. And she goes, that is hell. <laughs> and he suddenly becomes enlightened, bing, and she goes, and that is heaven. 
So it's not a world without problems. It's really how we deal with them. And when we get ourselves caught in this loop of, of worrying about things that, then we go around and around because worry triggers anxiety and anxiety triggers worry. So it's a vicious circle. Well, then you segue nicely into your chapter one, worry warding is hell. So um, you give us some wonderful definitions of worry, so forth and so forth. You want to just sort of lay the, uh, the groundwork for that. What is worry? What is its purpose? And then what worry warding is? Well, worry is a mental fire drill where we can look into the future like a, like a real fire drill when we were in grade school where we practice an alarm and then we're prepared. So if we have a situation, we can worry it through and come up with a plan, and then we're better able to deal with it. The problem is that, especially worry warts, they get into rut thinking, and no plan comes out. It's just thinking over this thing over and over and getting more and more extreme. Um, and stuck, it's like it's like when you have a tape on the radio and it gets to the end and it starts playing again. That's what worry warts do. Sometimes we call it obsessing. Uh, so that's the problem, and, they, and worry warts go to extremes. And what worry is is us talking to ourselves inside our head. We're talking things over constantly, around and around, and, and we can say absolutely extreme, outrageous, ridiculous things to ourselves, and it sounds real. And it sounds valid and reasonable because we've been telling ourselves this ridiculous thing for so long, we just accept it. It's like self-brainwashing. Well, now, you, in your book, you have a scale, which is very helpful. Uh, I guess it's a worry wart scale, and yeah. um, there are several ways, you know, items that people have to put a number next to, and when they total it up, it gives you an idea of where they fall in the worry wart scale. Would you... Um, Based on that, give us an example of what a worry, a worry, how a worry wart behaves. Well, anything can trigger a worry wart. I mean, a really hardcore worry wart. Like my grandmother was one of those, and I remember when I was a teenager, I used to like to tease her. You know, I'd just say something to get her going. <laughs> like, oh, you were uh, a wonderful granddaughter. Oh, I was a <laughs> like I, I remember, you know, she was. A little old lady. Now I'm thinking, well, she wasn't even that old, but at the time I thought she was a little old lady. And uh, I remember having on, she came to visit us, and I had on these capri pants, and they were white, and they had these big orange, red, and yellow dots, very large. And so my grandmother thought they were too sexy for a 15-year-old to wear. Mm. You know, and she's coming up and trying to hem and haw about these pants. And I'm going, oh, no, Grandma. I mean, the boys like it. She goes, oh, <laughs> you know, and then the more I get her going, then I just, you know, drop another little, well, you never, and then, and then she'd just be, she'd just be going on and on about it. I mean, she would go back to, she, she lived in New Jersey. She'd go back, and two weeks later, I'd be getting letters, or, or maybe some new pants that were, like, nice and wide, not fitted. Or, yeah, she just wouldn't let it go. So it's just uncontrollable. Well, they get going around and around, and they take it to these absolute extremes um, uh, that don't happen, and then obsessive, where the mind is racing, and they can't get themselves out of this, and then and, and really start scaring themselves like Chicken Little running around screaming that the sky's falling. And, but there's something about worrying that gives the false sense of control. Mm -hmm. So it's like the the two women. The one woman is waving her arms around. And the second woman says, why are you waving your arms around? first woman says, to keep the tigers away. 
second one says, well, there aren't any tigers around here. She says, you see, it's <laughs> Yes, so, so it's, it's very reinforcing for them. Yeah, well, and even for a second, worrying for a second gives just a tiny bit of relief, and it's that relief that is reinforcing and propels this this uh, magical idea that the worry keeps the tigers away. Well, now, also in your book, The Worry Warts Companion, uh, you explain that learn well, worrying is a learned behavior. Now, how might parents uh, discourage such type of learning or well, minimize it? <laughs> Kids just have an uncanny way of learning to act just like their parents as their parents uh-huh. tell them not to do it, right? <laughs> because they copy. I mean, you can tell the kid to do anything, but they copy. So if a, if a parent uh, somehow uh, wanted to teach it, I mean, it's difficult if the parent herself, let's just say it's the mother, is going to try to teach this child not to be a worrywart if she is a worrywart. Mm-hmm. Because she's modeling it all the time. She's acting like a worrywart and then saying, don't act as I act act as I tell you to act. So that's that's a dilemma. Better for her to work on herself or or maybe she could say to the child, let's you and I together learn how to become smart warriors. Then they could catch each other and remind each other and it wouldn't be her saying, do what I say but not what I do. Because I, I think even so, parents tend to be able to see um, if you will, negative behaviors more clearly in their offspring than they see in themselves. So right. the situation you're talking about where they see, oh, this is not, I don't want them to be like me, or I don't want them to, you know, worry like I do, and then maybe. Um, also, there might be a significant other or spouse in the picture who would want to be of assistance in this area. So what would the spouse who sees well, that, that, that would be nice. The spouse might be using it as a way to pick on the other spouse. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can see these things get very complex. Uh, yeah. the, the one spouse can be pretending or even telling him or herself that they're, they have a genuine motive, but in fact they're using it, the kid, you know, kids get to be pawns between their parents. So, okay, now that we so have bashed worrying. Enough, what? Now that we have bashed worrying so much, why don't we sort well, of interject we're rewarding, some... We're rewarding. We're rewarding. Why don't we, we talk about some of the positive smart. aspects of worry? We, we want to learn to worry smart so that we can think about a problem, come up with some kind of a plan to deal with it. If there's something that can be done, usually there's something, and then set it aside. That's the problem is setting it aside. Uh. Okay. I mean, now, uh, okay, I have another story. You want to hear another story about the shaman woman? Yes. <laughs> okay, the shaman woman and the seeker are walking along the muddy road, and they're doing a walking meditation, meaning they're walking, but they're not talking. They're concentrating on on their feeling and whatnot, but not talking. And so they all of a sudden, there's this man, this funny man, when he has on these these fancy silk shoes, and he says, shaman woman, shaman woman, see my little dog over there? I can't, I can't get my dog because it's muddy and I'll get my shoes dirty. And so the shaman woman doesn't even break her stride. She doesn't say anything. She just steps through to the other side of the road, picks up that little dog, brings it over, puts it down by the man, and then continues walking with the secret. 
Well, by the end of the day, they get where they're going, and their meditation's over, and the seeker goes, shaman woman, what were you thinking this morning? Don't you know that that man could have been dangerous? Who knows? He might have been a robber. He, he might have been a pickpocket. He might have been a rapist. I mean, he could have been a, And that dog? Why, that, that, that dog could have had any number of diseases. It could have rabies. It could have bitten you. It could have, you know, like this. So, so the, and the shaman woman looks at the seeker and says, I left the dog on the side of the road. Are you still carrying it? <laughs> Very and that's nice. what we do. We, well, yes, something happens, and we can't stop carrying it. We keep going on and on and on and on. And that's the well, dilemma then, with worry warning. Okay, so what should the seeker have done? Well, the one thing they could have done. The shaman woman a little more. No, the seeker is so <laughs> part of that story about leaving it on the side of the road. Uh, means that, uh, you know, sometimes there's ways of banishing things from your mind or that's where you might start taking deep breathing, doing relaxation, of endeavoring to realize, wait a minute, I'm carrying this thing with me. Um, and so what are some ways to drive it out of your mind? Because that's what has to happen. If words are going on in your mind and you can't just turn it off because that creates a vacuum. And worry will just race right back in. So, okay. some, so, what, so one of the techniques is you substitute new words for that worry. For example, some people like to pray. So they may say a prayer. Well, in addition to the benefits of praying, if one believes in praying and that God is there and it brings hope and whatnot, it's also putting different words in your mind. Words that don't trigger anxiety, but trigger hope and, and more relaxation feeling. By or or some people might use worry beads, or a similar thing would be a rosary, which is holding the bead. I mean, I'm not Catholic, so I never did a rosary, but I saw people do it. They hold the bead and then they say, "Hail Mother, Mother, whatever it is." However, the little ritual thing goes, and then they hold the next bead and then they say it over and over. And while they're doing this. They're keeping their hands busy and their minds busy, and the worry is banished because the words of the um, Hail Marys or the bead counting, which is counting the beads and breathing deeply. Okay, hold that so, thought for me. You okay. are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. Uh, follow me on Twitter uh, with psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Now, if you're looking for a Japanese thermal straightening, you really need to see Peter Lewis in New York City. He is the best and really knows what he's doing. Leapfrog Peter Lewis Salon in New York. Tell him Parthenia sent you. And we'll be back with Dr. Beverly Potter, author of the Worry Warts Companion, 21 Ways to Soothe Yourself and Worry Smart. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like Iridology, Kinesiology, Reflexology, Energy Medicine, which includes Chi Life Therapy, Acupressure, and Psychological Consultations, has an amazing track record of positive results. 
Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Okay, uh, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. My guest next week, Wednesday, August 12, 2009, will be Scott Holtzman, MD, author of The Secrets of Happy Families. We had him on before when he was talking about happy couples. Uh, this time we'll be talking about happy families, eight keys to building a lifetime of connection and contentment. Now, at the end of that program, we will discuss the herb, pleurisy root, and the asana, krauna kanasana. We are back with Beverly Potter, Ph.D., author of The Worry Warts Companion, 21 Ways to Soothe Yourself and Worry Smart. Call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374 to ask questions. Okay. Um, you want to pick up where you left off with that Well, thought? you were saying, what could the seeker do instead of ruminating on the, the man and the dog? <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, the of course, the seeker was supposed to be doing a walking meditation, but ah. since he was ruminating on the man and the dog, uh, he could have, and he was in rut thinking, meaning he was thinking the same worries and scary things over and over, he could have said to himself, wait a minute, I'm going to practice flexible thinking. And so there's many ways, but one way are these six questions. The first ah. question would be, okay, what are the facts? What's the facts about this situation? And he could review the facts. The facts are the man, you know, the money shoe, the shaman woman got the dog, said it. We're now, you know, the fact is the dog's way back there. We're here, blah, blah. Okay, the next question, how do I feel about this? So it's like breaking it down and analyzing different aspects instead of just thinking the same thing. Then what's working here? would be the third question. If somebody is into writing a journal or a diary, you could write these things out about the worry, and that would then even keep you more busy because part of the worry warning is it's a habit. It's got control of us, and breaking that habit is hard because that worry wants to come right back in. So the more we keep our hands and mind occupied, like writing a journal, the easier it is to push that worry out until you can teach yourself a new thinking habit. So the th fourth question would be, what's possible here? And then what's wrong or what could go wrong? And then finally, after thinking in a more logical, flexible way, what, what could I do next instead of just thinking the same scary thoughts over and over? Now, one, one technique that I like a lot is worry warts talk to themselves like fuddy-duddies. <laughs> and a fuddy-duddy is somebody who generates fear, uncertainty, and doubt, FUD, fuddy-duddy. So when you catch yourself worrying, you can say, wait a minute, because half the time it's just catching yourself doing it. We can be obsessing over something we didn't even notice we were thinking. Yeah. Uh, so you catch yourself doing it, you go, wait a minute, what would my friend John say about this? You, know, you pick somebody who maybe you talk to, always gives you good advice, who, you know, seems pretty level-headed. What would John say about this right now? Well, we can usually 
role play, you know, come up in our minds with what that person would say. Uh, and then say it to yourself. Like this one person was telling me that uh, when he was in high school, he had to take this test, this chemistry test. He was so worried. He was so anxious. He had studied, 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 but he was so anxious to hardly think. And he went to the Val Victorian of the class, and he said, you know, you're always getting A's. How do you do it? And, he, and the kid said to him, just think about what Mr. Rogers, that was the science teacher. Well, how, you notice how he thinks? You notice how? And just pretend you're Mr. Rogers when you take that test. And he said he did it and aced the test. Yeah. So well, now, kind of ladies and talking to yourself and telling yourself to think a different way. Wait a minute. What would John think right now? What would John say about this? Because we are certainly harder on ourselves than our friends, thank goodness. So uh, that's certainly an excellent technique that I think most people could get to, you know, start to use quicker than some other things. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know she jumped ahead to Chapter 10 on me and was talking, that that was coming out of uh, some things she talked about, about the six thinking styles. And based on those thinking styles, she, she has uh, associated a question. And going through those questions is part of that flexible thinking. That All of this is in the book that, that, she, that she talks about so beautifully. And I'm glad you, you got it in because I tend to want to cover so very much that I don't get that far in the book. So I'm glad you were right. able to stick no, that in. Too. Now, you also... Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, worry warts tend to create pictures in their minds of disasters. The absolute worst. You know, your husband is 10 minutes getting home, late getting home, and already the worrywart has some horrific accident, or, or, or he's run off with this woman from the office, or who knows what extreme picture in the mind. Almost never happens. So one technique is to stop and say, wait a minute, what's a happy ending here instead of what's a horrible ending? Very good. Now, every technique doesn't work for every person. It's a matter of practicing things and seeing what's going to help you. Now, also, in Chapter 3, you talked about the thoughts recording neurosignatures. I think it's right. important uh, just to get some of that information in about what's going on in the brain and what happens to the body when we do these kinds of things, and we can go quickly ahead. Right. Well, uh, what we do is... is um, when we get a thinking habit, pretty soon we don't even have to think the whole sentence. And we can get these, uh, these uh, automatic thinking in our mind, which triggers worry. A lot of times we pick it up from our parents. Like, you know, the parent might have just said, well, you're just a brat. Or, no, you know, uh, nobody loves you. Or you, you'll never be anything. And then the person starts saying that to themselves. Okay, like I'll never amount to anything. Well, pretty soon mm -hmm. they don't have to even say the whole sentence. It's just never amount, never amount. I'll never be anything. This little thing zooms through their mind, and it goes really down like a, like a, the beaten path, that we develop these neural pathways in our mind and our way of thinking, and we just keep thinking the same things over and over. In addition, there is... Um, this this guy who wrote the uh, emotional intelligence. Oh yeah, Daniel about, Goleman. Yes, he talks about the the emotional mind and the rational mind. Well, just imagine way back somewhere in this emotional mind is this eye, and this eye is watching out for us. 
And it's always watching. We're not even aware of it. It's always saying, am I okay? Am I safe? Is everything okay? Is everything okay around here? So, <laughs> like, one night I come out with my husband. We've been with some friends, had some dinner and wine, parked on the street under this tree. I walk up to the car. I start to lean in to open the door handle. And all of a sudden, I go, I catch myself screaming. All of a sudden, I'm screaming, and I'm flinging myself back. And as I'm flying through the air, I realize what it was. This eye had noticed this, like, two-and-a-half to three-inch spider. She made a guard. I'm getting goosebumps remembering this. This spider had made this web while we're in there from the door handle up to the tree. And it was hanging there. And I had leaned in, and that thing was about a half an inch from my cheek. And if I had touched it with my cheek, it might have gone down my neck. I would have died on the spot. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely died. And this little eye, see, I'm not even, I'm like, you know, half asleep coming out, you know, from the dinner. I mean, I'm not really half asleep, but I'm not paying, it's dim light. I'm not paying attention. Uh, but my that little eye saw that spider just as I just came up close to it. And it and this guy um, uh, in the emotional intelligence book, he says that's a emotional hijacking. Hi. This this emotional mind just grabbed me. Wasn't enough time to go. Now I wonder what that thing is hanging in the air. Hmm. Let's see. It's about two and a half. Oh yes, it's got claws. Oh, it's a spider. No, didn't think any of that. It just grabbed my body and flung me away. And this is what happens when we're driving on the freeway. Everybody's had this experience. All of a sudden, you swerve. You don't sit there and calculate. Now, should I make a 12-degree turn or a 15-degree turn? Should I speed up? Or... No, you just suddenly, all of your resources and your genius brain take over, and you just swerve just enough, like some kind of super race car driver. Okay? So, so there's this little bit of ourselves always watching and looking. Well, it notices tiny levels of anxiety like maybe you just drank a whole bunch of coffee and you got yourself wired this little eye goes wired must be anxious something's wrong okay hold that thought with the eye you are listening to wellness wholeness and wisdom with me psychologist parthenia Izard. we're going to be back with beverly potter phd author of the worry warts companion 21 ways to soothe yourself and worry smart please follow me on twitter I'm Alternative Medi. Should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. 
Alternative medicine therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. Gardening, wellness, wholeness, and wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Now, remember my book, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. You can purchase it on my site. We are back with Beverly Potter, Ph.D., author of this wonderful book, The Worry Wart's Companion, 21 Ways to Soothe Yourself and Worry Smart. Call 888-235-7374. That's 888-235-7374 with your questions. Now, um, we're going to continue with the I. I just want to uh, put something out to someone named the Eileen who had sent an in quick message. Um, we weren't clear if that was uh, for this. She asked something about her husband, and I think we probably touched on it in terms of a worry wart, maybe in a non-worry wart, and how they can work together in certain ways. But you, you want to just touch on that after you finish up with the I? Uh, with this eye, it's always operating. So what can happen is it f- picks up the tiniest little bit of, I mean, we're basically either anxious or relaxed in a simple-minded way. So when, and, and stimulation from drinking coffee or listening to too much news because it's all negative or watching a horror film on the TV or, or lots of different things can trigger a tiny bit of anxiety. The eye goes, uh-oh. I'm anxious, something's wrong, and then it looks for something to worry about. Then it drags that out, then you're more anxious, so it drags out more, and then this just escalates and escalates, and that's why we need to understand. It's like we're, we're born, one day we suddenly wake up, and here we are living inside, or spirit or soul or something, inside this biochemical robot, that is incredibly sophisticated, but nobody bothered to give us a manual. <laughs> you know, like, how do you operate this thing? And it's self-programming. It, you know, it's like the computer on your desk. It's like, how? Remember how? Mm. Hello? Uh, how does that go? <laughs> and well, you know, then how takes over the spaceship. Well, yes. this is what happens to us when we worry. How or, or Holly or whatever you want to call it. The foot duddy, uh, you know, takes over, and it and it's now in command instead of us. And you know, that's because we don't really understand how to operate this incredible biochemical robot. And the idea is that we can learn techniques for taking control of the puppet. And of course, uh, also our blood sugar goes up and our blood pressure goes up when this anxiety right. builds and gets more and more out of control. Um, why don't right. you? Well, oh, first, before we go on, share your contact all of information. Biochemical. Your thinking triggers all of those biochemical responses. Yes. What is your contact information before we go on? 
email, web okay. address, uh, well, phone Well, people, my website is packed because I'm an educator. So uh, <laughs> I have just tons of articles, quizzes, all kinds of stuff on my website, not just on the worry, but burnout, career strategies, goal setting, all these things. So the website is D-O-C, like Doc, like what's up, Doc? Uh, Doc Potter. Everybody remembers Potter now because of Harry. DocPotter.com. Okay, good. DocPotter.com. And Harry Potter is is my proof that I am indeed controlling the universe because otherwise it would be Harry Smith. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) I'm glad you got confirmation of all of that. I do. I'm now, you know. I love mm-hmm. Harry Potter. So, so anyway, docpotter.com, tons of information. Um, and the book, of course, can be gotten at Amazon reliably and maybe your local store. Who knows? Well, now, touch on this issue of um, couples briefly for that person who sent in that uh, email, I mean, that in quick message, and then follow that up with your final words. Well, of I don't know what she was saying, what she was imagining her husband might be doing. But um, one technique is to talk to yourself because we're always talking to ourselves. See? So husband does X. We don't know what it is. Husband supposed to be here does not call to say he's late. Say that's what we want. It, you know, so then we start talking to ourselves about that. Well, you know, he should do that. And if he cared about me and, and we've discussed it and he knows that I, it's important to me and if he really cared, and pretty soon, you know, and actually he was stopping off to buy, you know, the uh, the diamond ring for your engagement, see. <laughs> and so then he walks in and by this time you're so enraged by what you've been talking to yourself that you bite the man's head off, see. And and he didn't do anything. It was, it was person A talking so that we can create all kinds of problems telling ourselves all kinds of wild things when we don't actually know you know, so the person didn't call. Well, we don't know why. Um, so underreactive statements. Uh, an, a, an overreactive statement is what if. The worry words love that. What if. What if the sky falls? What if <laughs> my husband's running away? What if the car blew up and fell off the cliff? What if, what if, what if, what if? An underreactive statement is so what if. Yeah. Just saying those two phrases, no content. We feel different. So I have my my favorite underactive statements, okay? When I'm in the car and and some people, you know, you get that urge to start zooming around. People get road rage. Mm. If I start catching myself having the urge to do that, I go, I'm not in a hurry. Good. See, that's an underactive <laughs> state. I just go, wait a minute, I'm not in a hurry. Yeah. And all of a sudden I, I don't feel like zooming around. Uh, so if I get a big bill... And one I didn't expect, nobody likes big bills, right? Especially when you don't expect them. When I get a big bill like that I don't expect, I go, it's only money. It's not my arm. And then I remind my, because a couple of years ago I fell off a ladder and ripped off my finger. I can feel it right now. Oh. And when I say that, I notice my finger and, it, and, you know, it's not my finger. It's just the money. Okay. Well, good. Now, give us your final words of wisdom because we're coming to the end and I've got to start to wrap. Okay. So a really reliable way of dispelling the anxiety that comes from worrying smart is make fun of it. Laugh at it. Make a joke out of it. 
because okay, well, laughter dispels anxiety and somehow helps us develop perspective on things. Well, thank you so much. You have written a wonderful book. It has a beautiful sense of humor throughout, and I thank you for this evening, and you have a wonderful rest well, of the evening. Thank you, too. I All appreciate right. it. Great question. You take care. Okay. Alrighty. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, it's time for our herb of the day. Today's herb is plantain, the part used medicinally are leaves. Some of the phytochemicals are adenine, benzoic acid, caffeic acid, chlorogenic acid, uh, ferulic acid, cinnamic acid, salicylic acid, tannin, vanillic acid, and some of the nutrients are potassium and vitamin A. Now, of course, this is according to Balk and Balk. Uh, that wonderful resource that I always talk to you from. Uh, they say that it acts as a diuretic and is soothing to the lungs and urinary tract. May slow the growth of uh, tuberculosis bacteria. Has a healing and antibiotic uh, effect when used topically for sores and wounds. Uh, young leaves are tasty and can be eaten in salads. Okay, and our yoga asana. Today's asana is Triang Mukhaikapada Pasimotanasana. You sit in Dandasana. You do uh, not disturb the left leg. Bend the right leg back, as in Virasana. With the inner heel close to the thigh, keep the knees together. Open the right calf muscle out and turn the thigh outward. And then extend the left leg forward. Press the outer edge of the right buttock bone down. Again, this is Iyengar's method. You want to stretch the arms and hold the left foot. Inhale and stretch up, making the back concave and lifting the front of the body from the pubis. Raise the head and look up. Exhale and move the hips and the trunk down toward the left leg. Make the feet light and extend the skin and flesh of the buttocks from the back of the thighs toward the lumbar. Catch further and continue to extend. Place the head on the shin. Stay full from 20 to 30 seconds, breathing evenly. Inhale, come up, bring the right leg forward, and repeat on the left. Okay, folks. Now, as you know, you've been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom uh, with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard, at Achieve Radio on the Internet. My guest next week, August 12, 2009, Wednesday, will be Scott Holtzman, MD, author of The Secrets of Happy Families, Eight Keys to Building a Lifetime of Connection and Contentment. At the end of that... Geico presents Sharing versus Oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippin shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. 
Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.